This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. Today is episode number 47. We're going to be talking about renewing your truck insurance. I am Craig your host and Chris is with me again, uh, social distancing. Chris, how's it going out there? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Episode 47, man. That's uh, we're, we're uh, encroaching on 50. We're almost there to the halfway mark to the, uh, the centennial mark. I'm a real podcast. Right? We're, we're almost there. <laughs> almost. almost there. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's uh, not uh, it's not nothing. It's uh, there are a lot of podcasts out there who make it, you know, five, ten episodes and then burn out. Um, and so I I hope everybody has appreciated that uh, we've got a lot of good content out there. And if you go through our archives, uh, you know, hopefully you're subscribed. If you're not, then please go subscribe so you can keep up with us. But uh, there's a lot of stuff in the archive for you to go check out and, uh, you know, learn about this whole journey that Chris has been on in starting Holland Assets. Yeah, it seems to resonate really well with the client base, uh, with everybody that we're trying to push this out to and, um, you know, ho- hopefully providing something that's of, of good value, even though it's free and uh, hopefully helping a lot of people out. What better value, Chris, than free? Um, <laughs> but speaking of which, make sure you visit us at hollandassetsllc.com to check out the full show notes, past episodes. Uh, of course, like I said, subscribe. We would really appreciate to have you along for the ride. And if you enjoy what we do, we would really appreciate a positive review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review your podcasts. That would be a huge help to us. So, Chris, before we get to the topic at hand, uh, you told me last time that you had hired a driver. And I know that was something that you were excited to do for a while. How's that going? How's how's the business these days? Um, it's going really well. He he finished up his his first trip the end of last week, and uh, he he wants to run hard. So he got home on Friday and was back out on the road on Monday. So that's that's always a good thing. He wants to run hard, and uh, freight's picking up a little bit. So um, we've been able to keep him going from load to load to load. So that's, that's good. He's running hard trucks going and, uh, hopefully making a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of States have uh, started the long process of lifting some of the, uh, economic, uh, bans for lack of a better word that have been going on. And so, you know, hopefully, like you said, the, uh, uh, cargo will start to pick up nationwide here pretty soon. Right. Yeah, and, and we're seeing things starting to pick up a little bit. Rates are, are definitely better now than they were um, a couple weeks ago. So when Mike took his first load um, back on the 21st of, 1st of April, that load was $1.50 a mile, which is, is really a, a pretty bad rate. Yeah. So then it, pretty much almost exactly um, two weeks to the day, he picked up a load a, a couple days ago. And from the same area... Um, it was a dollar seventy-five a mile. So, you know, twenty-five twenty-five cent a mile increase over a two-week period. Um, it, things are moving in the right direction. And and although a dollar seventy-five a mile is typically not considered all that great of a rate, it's really not terrible. 
Um, and you, you should be able to survive on it, especially in these circumstances. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the fact that fuel prices are, are super low, the lowest they've been in a long time. And I haven't gone back and recalculated um, what the fuel price or, you know, what my cost per mile in fuel has been the last month. But the two previous months before that, it was 15 cents a mile. And if anything, it's going to be lower now. So even the $1.75 a mile that I got on this load that, that Mike's on right now, uh, may not sound like all that great, but it's really the equivalent of a dollar ninety a year ago when fuel prices were a lot higher. And uh, you know, a dollar nineties, you know, it's still not screaming great, but you should be able to make money off of a dollar ninety if you're managing your expenses, and um, you, you should be able to do fairly well. So even this dollar seventy five now, it really for most guys, most owner operators with low overhead, if they've been smart about the you know, how they've been running their business, they, you, you should be able to make it on a dollar seventy five a mile. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about being smart. Right. And that's kind of the point of what we're doing here is, uh, helping those who are out on the road to be smart with their, not just their revenue, but their expenses as well. Try to maximize that, uh, profit that they can get even off of a lower rate than historically has been available to them. Um, okay. So Chris, do you want to get into, the renewing truck insurance. Uh, how do you want to? How do you want to tackle this topic? I actually, you know what? Before we get into that, I, I, I was doing a little bit of pontificating. Now, now that's a big word. So I've been thinking a little bit about the term owner operator, and you know, as I've kind of thought a little bit more about that that term, that word. You know, if you think about it, the the owner comes before the operator. And if you want to be successful in the business of trucking, you have to be a business owner first and then an operator second. Both roles are extremely important, but the critical role for a successful company is the owner. And so, you know, when you make decisions like what kind of truck you buy, and, and things like that, it has to be based on the decisions of an owner, not the operator. And so you've got to use those sound business principles, not necessarily, you know, going out there, as we've said before, finding the coolest looking, you know, long nose Pete, because it probably gets really bad fuel mileage. And you're going to be competing against guys who are using, you know, the more aerodynamic trucks that get better fuel mileage. And it's, it's hard to compete. You know, you're kind of, you're kind of, setting yourself back and, and giving them a head start per se. And so, you know, you gotta, you've got to, as an owner operator, be that owner first and then the uh, operator second. And if you do that, your chances of success are a lot, lot higher. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you've talked about that before, kind of this uh, owner mindset and making sure that you're practicing sound business principles and whatnot. Um, one of the things that I remember that you have talked about before is the importance as an owner of cultivating relationships. It's not just about getting behind the wheel and driving. Obviously, that is going to be your bread and butter, but there's more that you can do than just, you know, hopping on load boards and trying to run as hard as you can. Uh, it's sometimes about running smart. Uh, what sort of things have you been doing lately in that arena? Oh, that's a great point. Uh, just recently, you know, we're in a in an incredibly difficult time right now. One, it's harder to find loads. It's been harder to find good paying loads, and um, you know, my relationship with Jake, my dispatcher, has been great. 
And um, he is really good at developing relationships too. And he had developed a relationship with a shipper out of um, Minnesota that regularly needs to ship things back into the you know southern Idaho area so it can get my driver pretty close to home. And he was able to get a load out of um, Minnesota that came all the way back to to southern Idaho that was paying a dollar eighty a mile, and this is a dry load. So I mean, a dry load paying a dollar eighty a mile in these kind of conditions is fantastic, and that's all because he's developed a good relationship with somebody else. Those relationships are key. People want to do business with people they know and they like and they trust. And, and, and a big part of that is really taking the time to develop good relationships with people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as you say, it's going to make your life a lot easier over the long run. It takes time, takes effort, but uh, ultimately it will be worth it. So, Chris, what do you say we get into the topic at hand, truck insurance? Now, this is a topic that we have covered before in very early episodes. I want to say it was in the first five or 10 episodes we talked about uh, getting insurance for your truck, but that was about a year ago. And now you are in the position where you need to go through a renewal, right? So let's talk about renewing your truck insurance uh, rather than the initial uh, purchase of it. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what we're doing today. And uh, it was Episode nine was the first time that we talked about insurance. And yeah, it was when I first bought insurance for my brand new trucking company. And some of the principles that we talked about in that episode are going to ring true for this episode as well. But there's a lot of things that kind of change and things that are different. And I I want to dive even a little bit more into the insurance topic and, and teach some things that we didn't talk about in that first episode. So even if you've listened to that first episode, you're going to learn a lot in this one. Good. So where do you want to start with uh, renewing your truck insurance? How did it go for you? Well, one of the things I want to start out with um, for people who haven't been in the insurance industry before, I actually worked in insurance for a little while and truck insurance. So I, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of how insurance works. And it's not intuitive. It's it's more complicated than um most other types of insurance. And so the first thing I'd like to do is really kind of dive into some of the basics of how um, the truck insurance industry works. Okay. All right. Where do you want to start? Let's start with kind of the key players of who's involved. So when you think of insurance and going out and buying insurance, you think of your insurance agent, and that's kind of the, the person that you communicate the most with. But when you when you get insurance, there's a, a lot of people that are kind of involved in the background, and you know I, I want to go a little bit deeper into that. So let's start with the insurance agent. You know, sometimes they're called brokers, insurance agents, or insurance brokers. There are some differences there, but for our intents and purposes in this episode, we're going to kind of refer to them as the same thing. Um, and these are the people, like I said, that you talk to when you're you're going to buy insurance. And in most situations, they represent several different insurance companies. And, and that's oftentimes why they're called brokers, because they may go out and they can represent Progressive and they can represent Northland Insurance or Great West Casualty or, you know, Century Insurance or a million other insurance agencies out there. And, and so those are the, the agents and the brokers. Interesting. So, yeah, so the brokers and the agents aren't actually employees of the insurance company necessarily? In the trucking industry, typically they're not, but in other insurance industries, they often are. So like a, the, 
like a, a state farm, oftentimes that insurance agent can only get you state farm insurance or all state insurance. That insurance agent can only get you all state. But in the trucking industry, 99% of the time, they, they're, they're, they're brokers or true brokers, independents. So they can go out and get insurance from any insurance agency who will appoint them. And oftentimes they get, you know, five plus appointments for, with different insurance yeah, companies. Okay. And and so who else are we dealing with? With We've got the brokers, we've got the companies themselves. Anybody else in the equation? No, we, there is. But one thing I want to point out too is you've got the insurance companies. Those are the guys that actually provide the insurance. So that, you know, if there's a claim, they're the ones who pay the bill. They're the ones that kind of back everything up. So then kind of in between the insurance company and the brokers, you have what's called an underwriter. And these are the people that actually are going to take a deep look into your company. They're going to determine your risk and they're going to price your policy. And sometimes the underwriters will work directly for the insurance company they represent, but sometimes they can also kind of be like an insurance broker. They can represent a bunch of different insurance companies. And in this case, when, when they represent a bunch, a lot of times they're what's called a general agency. They usually don't interact directly with the client, but they're still kind of a middleman. They do the underwriting based off the guidelines of the company who they're quoting the insurance for. Right. So with these, uh, the underwriters and the brokers and the insurance companies themselves, are you as an owner operator keeping in touch with these people throughout the year? Or is this kind of a once a year relationship where you just kind of check in or as needed if you need to make a claim or something like that? You know, it's usually you. 99% of the time you're going to be working directly with the agent. And in most situations, it's it it's going to be a, a on an ad ad as needed basis. Like in my um, situation, I'm trying to think if I even contacted my insurance company at all throughout the year that I had the insurance or my insurance agent. And I I don't think I really did other than to request certificates of insurance. Every time you work for a new broker, typically you have to provide them a, what's called a certificate of insurance. And that shows the broker how much coverage you have and and that you have insurance and they won't give you a load unless you provide them that certificate of insurance. Okay. All right. So now that uh, you've got the players set up and this is who you were working with when you signed up for insurance initially, how much do you expect things to change now that a year has passed and you're looking to renew? Are your costs going to change? Is the coverage going to change? What's going to change? That's a good question. And there are going to be some changes and and that all really depends on a lot of things. The big thing that most people are going to want to know is how much is that cost going to change? And, and like I said, that's, that's going to depend on several different factors. And, And I kind of want to cover those factors. There's really four of them that are going to have the biggest impact on your overall insurance costs. Okay. So let's start with the first one. You say there are four, what's number one? Number one is how long you've been in business. So the first year that I got insurance, you know, it was kind of a hard process and there was only one insurance company that would give me a quote. Um, On my renewal, I got quotes from a couple other different insurance companies, but my original company that I had my policy with for the first year still gave me the best quote. And so that's who I I stuck with. Um, So that first year is really tough. When you hit the second year mark, you should see a decrease unless you've had 
you know, some of these other three, the three other factors that we talk about, if you've got issues in those areas, that may change things. But let's say you've kept everything clean throughout that entire first year, you hit the second year, you should see a, a significant decrease in your premium, which I did. And we'll talk a little bit about that at the end. Okay. All right. Very good. So let's go to number two then. The second thing that causes a, a big change is your safety rating with the FMCSA. Um, the actual, you hear this all the time, the safer scores, your scores that the FMCSA, FMCSA rates you with are not actually public. They used to be, but they aren't anymore. But with that being said, um, the insurance companies and everybody else out there will still be able to access items like your inspection data and, and other things. So they can kind of really back into how safe of an operation that you have or, you know, what kind of luck you've had with ins inspections. And, you know, if they think you're worse than average, they're going to rate you as such. If they think you're better than average, they're going to, you know, that's going to show up on your rate. So, you know, if you've had hours of service violations when you've got inspected at ports or if you've had maintenance issues with your truck and, you know, especially if you've been placed out of service when you've had inspection, those things are going to all have a big impact on your um, insurance costs. Right. Okay. So uh, number three, the, the third factor that'll impact your costs. What's that? Um, this one's kind of the no brainer, your driving history or the driving history of your drivers. You know, if you've had any traffic violations, speeding tickets, you know, especially if they're excessive, you know, that's going to have a big impact. If you remember right, um, I actually got a speeding ticket over the last year, but it doesn't seem to have made too big of an impact. It was kind of a, a lower speeding ticket. I wasn't going that fast. Um, and so it didn't have that big of an impact, but if you get like multiple tickets or say one of those tickets is, is for 15 miles an hour over the speed limit or more than that, um, you're probably going to see a, a, a big change on your premiums. If, if you've got those kind of, you know, yeah. that kind of situation going on now, are they, are they only pulling your, uh, your driving record, your driving history behind the wheel of your rig, or is this delving into your personal stuff as well? No, they'll, they'll look at both. So okay. You, you know, you got to be right. careful Very on good. both. You know, so number four, uh, then the last factor that you wanted to talk about as an impact on your insurance cost. And that is if you've had a claim. So there's, there's two kinds of claims that are the most common um, in the trucking industry. So if you've had an accident and you've caused damage to either your own property or somebody else's property and you filed an insurance claim on that, that's going to definitely have an impact on your your rates going forward. The other kind of claim that's really common is is cargo damage. You know, this is especially common on reefers. You know, if you've got if you or your driver forgets to turn the reefer on or you set it at the wrong temperature and the the refrigerated cargo gets damaged, you're going to see a cargo claim and and those kinds of things are never good. And you'll remember, right, it, you know, when I, my second run, um, I, I was ran into by a deer, hit the side, ran right into the side of the truck. I actually didn't file an insurance claim on that just because I didn't want to have that loss record on my insurance file. Okay. So those are the four uh, biggest factors that you're identifying here as an impact on your insurance costs. Do you need to be sparkling in all four to get good rates uh, or is it kind of you know, you're, you're going to get a gimme on one of these or something. That's a great question. And, 
the the better you are in each category, the better off you're going to be. So if you're sparkling in all four, you're going to be kind of getting you know at the top tier. You're going to get the very best rates. If you've you're good in three out of the four, but you're not really bad in that fourth one, you'll still probably get pretty darn good rates. But uh, if you're really bad in any one of them, it's going to cause issues. If you're you know, if you're bad in a couple of them, it's going to start to cause issues. So you, you really want to do everything you can throughout the year to kind of keep each one of those areas clean. Obviously, the the years of experience, that just comes with time. You know, by the third year that you've been in business, so your third insurance renewal, um, you should start you know, start to kind of get categorized similar to people that have been in business for even five, 10 years, you know, the, the, the difference in, in the risk that companies perceive you as is a lot smaller at that point. So, so, it's, you know, does the, with the uh, years of service, let me ask you this. I, I know we're kind of going backwards into that section just a little bit, but the thought occurred to me, is it the company's uh, years of operation or is it the driver? Because now that you've picked up a new driver, uh, is that going to affect things or is it just based on how long the company's been in business? That really, from more than anything, is the, the number of years the company's been in business. Okay. You know, companies that, you know, somebody that hasn't been around for a really long time that first year, they're more risky than a company that's been around for a long time because they typically don't have as good safety procedures in place. You know, that first year is tough. And so a lot of guys just aren't maintaining their vehicles the way they should. They're still learning the industry. They're still learning how to be an owner operator. And that causes other issues and increases risks. And so as how long you've been in business as a company actually plays more into it than you'd think. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier, Chris. You said that you went and got quotes from a, a couple different companies, but it ended up that the one you were already with gave you the best quote. So that's who you stuck with. Is this something you're going to need to do every year? Are you going to be shopping around every single year, every time you renew insurance? I would say yes, you probably should, especially in those first three years, because that's when the rates that can vary quite wildly from one insurance carrier to the next. Once you get more into that top tier, there's really just a handful of companies that you know are kind of the, the grade A that um, provide the best insurance at the best rates, but they're only going to provide insurance to guys that have been in business for a while, maintain fairly clean records. Um, so w- once you've been around for a while, it's probably not as critical that you shop around. You probably don't have to shop around as hard. But in those first three years, yeah, you really should because that uh, you know we've talked about this in the past. Your insurance cost is really your highest fixed cost and one of your top five costs overall. So it's one of the areas that can really have the biggest impact if you can save a few thousand dollars here, a few thousand dollars there. Yeah. And so is that process similar to what I would be familiar with looking around for insurance for my car, my home, my whatever, uh, any other process I'd be going through? No, actually, it's a little bit different because it's it's a little more complicated than than anything else. Um, getting a quote for your truck insurance is really not like getting a quote for something like, say, getting a furnace replaced in your home. When you get furnaces replaced, you get several quotes from several different contractors. And each quote is truly different because each one of those contractors have complete control of their own pricing. As we talked about before, the insurance agents don't determine the pricing. It's the underwriters that do. And once you tell them they want that you want a quote, they'll go out to the underwriters 
And those underwriters, you know, work for or represent several different insurance companies. So why do we care if they represent a lot of different insurance agents or agencies? Aren't they just shopping around for you at that point? Well, what ends up happening is if you go to two different agents and they both go to an underwriter who represents the same company. So let's say Northland. So you go to two different agents and they both represent Northland or they go to underwriters that both represent Northland. Only one of those agents is actually going to get a quote. Northland typically will not provide a quote to both agents. So, you know, you may go to, you know, five different agents, but if all those five different agents represent the same, you know, company, if, if their appointment is just with Northland, you're only going to end up with one quote. So what you really want to do is you want to find two or three different agents who all represent different insurance companies so that you can end up with quotes from three to five different companies. And sometimes you can do that with just a couple agents, because if each agent represents, you know, two different companies and the other agent represents another two different companies, you can go to two agents and get four different quotes. And so that's what you want to be aware of and what you want to keep in mind as you're shopping around looking for agents to quote you. Interesting. So, all right. So my question is how you go about doing that. And what it sounds like is essentially you as the owner operator, you're not shopping for insurance. You're shopping for insurance agents. You're trying to find the right agents to go out and get those quotes for you. Is that about right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really think in this situation, you know, the agent who's going to work with you, who's going to provide you the best service, who's the most knowledgeable is more important because they're going to get you the right coverages. And, and really, as I said before, they're not the ones that are in charge of the pricing. And so typically, if you go to two different agents, you're going to get the same price uh, if you can even get a, a quote from each agent for the same company, which, you know, really never happens. So kind of what I re recommend you do is that you know, if you're doing your renewal and you like your agent that bound your initial coverage, go to that agent first and say, Hey, you know, once you guys start talking about renewal, you'll figure out what insurance companies they're going to provide you quotes for. And so if they say, I'm going to get you a quote for Northland Insurance, one from Progressive, and one from Century Insurance, then you go and say, okay, great. And then you go to the next insurance agent and you ask them the same question. Well, who are you going to get? What insurance companies are you going to get quotes for? And if they say, well, I'm going to get you a quote for um, Century Insurance and Northland and Progressive, you say, well, I've already got quotes for those I, I need from somebody else. And if they can't provide you a quote from another company, go find another agent. Gotcha. So yeah, it's just as simple as asking who they work with then. Yeah, that's that's really what it all boils down to. And just you're, you're, you're doing kind of a coordinated effort here. You're You're getting quotes from several different insurance companies through however many agents that takes so that um, – you know, you, you just don't want to, you just don't want your insurance agents, um, you know, doubling up work because it, it's, it's going to waste your time. It's going to waste their time, you know, point them in the right direction. One, it, um, saves everybody time. And two, it actually shows that you're educated, you know what you're talking about, and you're a lot more likely to get an insurance agent to shoot straight with you in that kind of a situation. Right, right. Now this is, uh, I'm getting, shades of uh 90s sitcoms where you know some girl is trying to date two guys at the same time and you know hilarity ensues uh but <laughs> i'm thinking of if you're 
courting multiple insurance agents and trying to get quotes from all these different companies. Do the insurance agents get wise to that? And uh, does that strain a relationship at all? They can. And that's one thing. That's a good point. And one thing you kind of need to be careful of. And one way that you can kind of avoid that from happening or at least keep everybody in the dark for a little bit longer is to ask for your loss runs or, or get your loss runs kind of by a strategic method. So Craig, ask me what loss runs are. I have not a single clue what a loss run is. What, what is a loss run, Chris? Most guys who do insurance, because this isn't something you hear when you buy truck insurance or you, when you buy car insurance. And, and most guys that are new to the truck insurance industry and you know specifically if you've never done gone through a renewal process before you have no idea what this is but it's an actual thing your loss run is a record of claims on your account so if you've had claims it's going to show up how much that claim was you know and and some of the details and it's a report that every insurance carrier or company is required to provide and if you haven't had any claims or anything, you're still going to get a loss run. It's just going to basically show a zero that you're clean, that you haven't had any. Um, and the thing that's important with this is there's kind of two ways you can go about getting it. One, you can go directly to your agent and say, hey, I want a, a uh, copy of my loss runs. But Craig, can you guess why that might not be such a good idea? <laughs> I mean, the first thought that's going to cross their mind is Why? Yeah, you've kind of at that point let the cat out of the bag that you're shopping. If you ask for loss runs, they pretty much know you're going to go around shopping, and which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But one of the problems that happens here is some agents, um, they try to give you a hard time about it, and they use that as a delay tactic. So they won't, you know, they kind of delay, delay, delay getting your loss runs so that they delay long enough that by the time... Um, it's time to bind the quote you haven't been or bind the policy and you need to renew it or your authority is going to go inactive. You've wasted too much time and you can't get any quotes. And so what happens at that point is you're kind of stuck with probably not the best option and you may be paying higher than you should. So I typically think it's best not to go straight to your agent. You can actually go straight to the insurance company. So like the Northland or the Progressive or Berkshire Hathaway, you can go straight to them, just find their general customer service line, provide them your policy number, and they should be able to get you a copy of your loss runs. And that shouldn't take any more than a week. Sometimes it takes a little bit up, you know, a week or so. But if you do go to your agent or somewhere else and they are giving you a hard time and it's taking longer than that, they're pulling your leg. It, it shouldn't take longer than a week. Oh, interesting. And uh, if you detect that your agent is doing something like that or they're um, giving you a hard time in some other way, can you switch agents without switching companies or do you have to go through the whole process and find a new agent yourself? No, if you, if you say, say progressive insurance or Northland insurance gives you the best price, but your current agent that you're with, you don't like, or hasn't done a good job for you. Maybe you guys just don't get along. You actually can switch from one agent to another agent and stay with the same carrier, but you have to sign what's called a BOR or a broker of record. And it's just a, you know, a pretty simple form. Every insurance company has their own. Um, they, they can provide it to you, you sign it. And then at that point they will allow you to switch agents. Interesting. Okay. Very good. So, um, you said that with this delaying tactic that you could run into, 
you know, it's pretty soon it might be too late for you to switch. And that's exactly what they're going for. So that raises the question, how much time is this all going to take? When do you need to start the process if your renewal is coming up? A lot of the times your existing insurance agent, they might start communicating with you about your renewal as early as 90 days before your policy is going to expire. Um, usually within 60 days for sure, they start contacting you. But the reality is, is that even your existing policy and your existing insurance company, the underwriters that work for them, they're typically not even going to waste their time and look at your stuff until you're about 30 days away from your renewal. So I really wouldn't put a whole lot of effort into it until you get to write about that 30 day mark, but you kind of have to be careful with that because you don't want to wait too long. And, And the main reason is, is because of that loss run issue. You know, I would I would not start the process any later than three weeks away from the renewal. If you if you wait for two weeks or one week, you're you're waiting too long. And like I said before, this kind of stuff takes time. Getting the loss run takes time. Getting the quotes takes time. And if you wait too long, you're going to be forced to settle on a on a high price or bad coverage. And so you know, start the process early. That 30 day mark is is kind of the ideal time to start yeah 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 okay and i assume uh, you're going to be in, uh, providing a lot of information it's not just that loss run uh, is there other paperwork involved that they're going to be asking for yeah, that's a good question let's let's go into kind of what you what information should you give each agent one thing that's kind of there's a couple things that are important here first you want to be honest don't try to hide things that's only going to get you in in trouble later on in the future the second is you want to be consistent with the information that you give each agent because you want to be comparing apples to apples. You don't want to tell one agent that you haul crude oil and tell another agent that you haul um, fertilizer. You know, if you if you do stuff like that, that's just gonna um, cause different ratings, and, and you're not gonna you're gonna be comparing apples to oranges, and it's just not gonna make sense. So make sure you stay consistent. You know, some of the things that that make the biggest biggest difference are your, you know, the the radius that you're gonna travel. Like, are you gonna stay within 300 miles of your home, or are you gonna go all the way across the country? You know, they they want to know what you're gonna be hauling, and and a lot of the times, you know, if you've been doing this for a year or more by this point, a lot of that stuff's not gonna change. But there is one thing that typically does change every year. Can you guess what that might be? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I have no idea what is going to change every year. Well, these these semi-trucks are really expensive, and so they depreciate a lot uh. from year to year. And so the, the value of your vehicle typically um, changes quite a bit from one year to another. And the thing with insurance is you, you know, they'll essentially insure the vehicle to whatever you want to insure it at. The problem is, is that if you insure it at $100,000, but it's only worth $50,000, you're paying for a $100,000 policy that's only going to pay you fifty if something happens. They only pay you for what the value of the vehicle is. So every year, I recommend you go out and you talk to either some used truck dealers or somebody else, find out what a good price for your truck is and your trailer and and change that value. Like for instance, with mine, I went from 65,000 last year to 50,000 this year. Actually, I think it was 45,000. It's like a $20,000 drop in what the truck was worth because the used truck market's just kind of gone to crap this year. And so, you know, that, that, 
part is part of the reason I, I'm saving a little bit of money because the values have gone down. You just you never want to insure your equipment for more than it's worth. Yeah. And this this raises another question for me, Chris. You're killing me. It's uh, just too much info coming my way. Um, the question I would have here then is, how did it go for you? You you put all this research in. You went and talked to everybody. And you said that you saved some money on your quote over last year. How did it go? How much did you save? I, I was actually pretty happy, kind of pleasantly surprised. Uh, uh, right about three thousand dollars from what I paid last year. So. You know, that, that's a, a, a little over a couple hundred dollars a month less that I have to pay in insurance every month. And so that's going to have a, a pretty healthy impact on my bottom line. Well, yeah, 3000 bucks ain't nothing to sneer at. That's two or sorry, 3000 a year. That's 250 a month. So, yeah, that's a pretty good savings on a monthly basis. Um, okay, cool. Anything else that we want to talk about with this uh, issue of renewing insurance, Chris? I, you know, I, I want to talk a, a couple more points on um, some of my Holland Assets um, experience. Another cool benefit, another cool thing that happened at my renewal period is because, you know, I kind of made it successfully through that first year, didn't have anything crazy happen. Um, and because I have good credit. I was able to get much better t- payment terms in my second year. So instead of having to come up with a big, huge down payment my second year, um, I was actually able to make a down payment that was just slightly larger than my regular monthly payment. And the rest of the payments were spread equally over 11 payments. So that was really nice. So my my monthly payment's going to be lower. I didn't have to come up with such a big down payment. So it, it, it's really a win-win. It was It was good. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one more way that your year of hard work kind of paid off there, right? Yeah, for sure. Another point that I kind of want to make before I forget is I I want to talk a little bit about the insurance market. And you may have heard the term soft market versus hard market. Um, Right now, we're in what the insurance industry calls a really hard market. Over the last several years, um, most insurance companies in the trucking industry have actually been paying out more in claims than they've been taking in in premiums. So what that causes is they've got to be able to recoup that money. So, you know, if you've been renewing your insurance policy over the last several years, you've probably noticed even if you've had a clean record, and everything's been good, your your rates have probably gone up. You know, especially those long established companies that have been around for a long time, um, even though they don't have any new issues, just the nature of the industry and the fact that we're in a hard market, those rates are going up. You know, most of the insurance agents I've talked to over the last couple of months have all told me that, you know, with their clients that they've had for years, they're considering it a, a win if they're premium only jumps by a few percentage points. Yeah. Well, and in the midst of that, you were able to get yours to drop. Of course, that's uh, largely due to your having completed your first year, right? So that's uh, not necessarily a result of the market itself. Yeah, it's it's not a result of the market. It's my drop is, you know, you can attribute probably 90, if not 100% of the drop in my premium due to the fact that I've been in business for a year now. Right. And your truck, like you said, uh, depreciated quite a bit this year. Yep. Okay. Very good. Well, Chris, uh, any final wrap up thoughts? This is a, a decently long episode, so I don't, uh, don't want to spend too much time, uh, too much more time on this, but any final thoughts on renewing insurance? I just start early, um, you know, start at that 30 day mark. Don't procrastinate it. 
and, and, and take your time with it. And the more you can sound educated about what you're doing, the better off you're going to be, the, the more thorough your insurance agent's going to be. So start early, listen to this podcast, gain some, some knowledge from it. And, um, you know, go out there and ask the right questions to your insurance agent. And that's going to make for the, the best possible um, scenario in the end. Very good. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Um, again, if people want to go back and hear more about the initial process that Chris went to uh, went through to get insurance, you said that was episode nine, right? Yep. Episode nine. Good. So, yeah, if you are... Uh, if you're already subscribed, then you can go into the archives. Uh, you can go to hollandassetsllc.com and go back to episode nine. You can see the full show notes, et cetera, et cetera. We hope you do that and uh, check out some of the other great info back in those archives. So again, if you like what we do, make sure that you aren't shy with those positive reviews and uh, you know, hit us up on Facebook if you have any questions or comments, anything you want us to address in future episodes. We'd love to hear from you about that. All right, Chris, another week come and gone. I guess I'll see you next time. We'll see you next week.